Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one, the only Remzo Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remzo W. Martinez, broadcasting to you from the one and only Commonwealth of Virginia, coast to coast, in every state, including the lower 49, because I found out we had some people in Alaska and Honolulu tuning in. Love you guys. Thank you so much. I don't care when we, you know, get fans in France or England or Sweden. Or that random guy that listens to every episode of the show overnight from Jordan. If it's the king, you're pretty cool. But uh, thank you for coming back. Everyone who's listened to previous episodes and all new listeners, go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso101. That's R-E-M-S-O-101. Follow me. I'll follow you back. And that way we can go ahead and grow our ever-loving Liberty family For those of you that are new, we have one mission that we try and do very well here. It's super cheesy, definitely a ripoff, but get to the point rather quickly. We want to make freedom fun again. The ideas of individual liberty, economic freedom, the idea that you do you, I do me. We don't use the government as a violent middleman for anyone's radical fantasy, and we can go ahead and live a safe, peaceful, and prosperous life. It's a radical concept these days, but I I think it's worth talking about, fighting for even. Uh, This season, we've had a bit of a theme, if you've been catching on. We're talking about the disruptors, the people that go ahead and change the way we think about the world around us, the people that change the way we interact with each other, the people that have a radical concept that can change the world, whether it's in business, technology, culture, or government. And um, I... I didn't want to do this episode because I feel like, you know, it's been done in the past and it's super like, you know, in the weeds, inside baseball kind of stuff. It's more of like a bitch fest this episode. As of right now, uh, you know, the topic kind of fits my mood. I'm battling some uh, some pretty bad coughing fits. By the time you're listening to this, hopefully the weather's better. But I am actually in a hotel in Lynchburg, Virginia on business. I'm battling a cold. I'm recording in my hotel room. And as I was getting ready for this topic, I went ahead and was like, you know what, I, I really got to get in the mood. So I'm, I'm all bundled up. I have some pizza right next to me, and I just poured myself a glass of Silverback Honey Rye Whiskey. So you can definitely tell where this is going. If you want a drinking episode, you're welcome. But who am I drinking with tonight? Who am I going to have my bitch fest with about this topic? It's the one and only Freedom Ninja himself, Mac Roberts. Mac, are you ready to roll? I am, and I'm actually really excited for this episode, to be honest. Why did I say, are you ready to roll? I, I swear, I only had a few shots before this, but gosh, it I, I'm so off my game. Mac, we were talking a little bit about this, and I'm going to go ahead and just throw the mic to you in a moment. This disruptor had the potential to go ahead and do such good for America. This disruptor really did buck the two-party system. On more than one occasion, not in a big rambunctious way, but enough to get most of America's attention. But as we've discussed in the past, it has a habit of taking your dreams, murdering it, taking a crap on its grave, and then setting the graveyard on fire. It's the Libertarian Party. 
Yay. Yay. So, Mac, are you still one of those sadomasochists or have you moved on with your life? I am. I, uh, I'm still busy punishing myself uh, day in and day out. Uh, a little bit less so now. It's mostly just the weekends. I took the holidays to kind of back away a little bit. Um, some of you don't know this. Remzo, I think, is the only person who officially knows that Mac Roberts is not my actual name. And what? Is it Sloppy Steve? <laughs> so that uh, profile actually got zucked. And so I just kind of like table flipped. Uh, let me go back to doing real world stuff. Um, you know, if there's any fans of mine that are listening to this, you know, I say fans, but there's probably like 10 of you out there that's even heard of me. Uh, I stopped doing the podcast for a little while. I'll be back soonish. I had finals and all that kind of good stuff. And then the zucking was just a kind of cherry on top of what's going on uh, and this this is this is going to be good for me i get to vent a little bit about all the frustrating crap uh that you have to deal with <laughs> inside the libertarian party but before we go on what are you drinking i am drink actually uh some pretty good bourbon at least i like it it's uh woodford reserve is one of my favorite bourbons so at, so as you could tell folks we're mentally physically and spiritually prepping ourselves for this <laughs> so mac um we could dredge up the horrors that was 2016 but right now it's 2018 we've got um some pretty interesting folks we've got craig bowden running out in utah for u.s senate craig's a good guy we have larry sharp who's just slaying dragons left and right i'm super excited for him we have a uh, Kevin McCormick running for governor of my home state, the state that you're currently calling in from Arizona, along with Marissa Hamilton. So we, we've got some interesting stuff, you know, going out and about. But when it comes to the party at large, it seems that it has fallen into the grand old libertarian curse of since it's no longer a presidential election, no one really cares. Disagree or agree? I agree. And I also think it's a little bit more than that now. I think there is some wedges being driven a little bit deeper than usual, uh, at least in the last decade or so. We had some pretty big splintering um, throughout the history of the party, but I think we're kind of circling back around again to some more upheaval. Um, I, I've become so politically apathetic when it comes to the party process. I used to be the most you know, volatile... LP member there was that I knew other than, you know, some of the other internet social justice libertarians. But <laughs> it, it just seems that, you know, it used to be, oh, you know, any, anyone that's a libertarian better vote for them because it's better than the two party system. And now I've, uh, I, I've definitely entered my like, you know, Ben Affleck, Batman, Clint Eastwood Wood stage of my young life where I no longer care about the politics of, you know, Clinton versus Trump or Romney versus Obama. It's now all about the distance between the state and myself. And, uh, you know, people know this, but I'm, I'm a sellout Republican now. And I've just gotten to the point where I, I still don't like the argument that a vote for the libertarian is a wasted vote. I've constantly told people that, you know, I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. But it's at the point where it's like with the libertarian party, it's like you're playing a game expecting to win but your opponent is the one making all the rules. And then once you actually get something accomplished, 
nobody gives a shit, and they go ahead and destroy everything you've worked for. I no longer see the point of the Libertarian Party, specifically. Um, I was never a big fan of the Federalist Party because it had a lot of problems, and that recently managed to uh, you know, basically destroy itself, and the Green Party's full of communists. So it seems that any legitimate third-party movement in the United States, for the most part, I think is dead, unless you get somebody from the inside to go and start redrafting all the rules so that there's an actual level playing field. But I just, it's not that I don't care anymore. It's just that I have no faith in what we're currently seeing. What's your take on that? No, I agree. And I think one of the issues that it's kind of fueling the mismanagement of the party at whole, besides the fact that everybody wants to say, oh, we're all individualists. We don't want this collective stuff. It's like, well, then get out of the party. I mean, the, the, we're, we're a group. And we have to act in a certain way that's going to get us to a certain place to reach a goal for all running different directions. It's not going to work. But the other thing is this rhetoric of smashing the two-party system. <clears throat> I think that's wrongheaded personally. A lot of people are going to disagree with that. But I think the two-party system is so ingrained in our culture in, in the United States, it's going to stay. Uh, especially the way voting and everything works anyway. I think the goal, instead of getting rid of the two-party system, I, I think loosening the grip of the influence on the major two parties would be great, you know, from an LP standpoint. But the goal should really be replacing one of the other two parties, not just becoming a third option. Um, because I don't think that's, I don't think having three parties in the U.S. is going to work. I mean, everything we've, we do, we hate ties, you know, we don't, <laughs> anybody who's ever researched and learned about how some of the European parliaments work and how their party system works, you know, if you try to explain that to them, they just look at you like, what? What do you mean there's like 18 parties and that, you know, it's so I, I don't think we're mentally prepared to get that messy. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's true. But I, I think the Libertarian Party at large is operating on. Well, obviously, you and I know they operate in a vacuum, um, you know, speaking generally. Uh, every every decision is a moral absolute. Uh, they operate on the pretense that we live in a libertarian world already. And therefore, every decision, every policy, every uh, legislative effort needs to be done with the absolute purest of libertarian standards, which, great, that would be awesome. But that's just not reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's it's getting to the point where as radical as I may have seen things in my youth, the older I get, it's not that I'm more willing to compromise. I mean, not not in any way, shape or form. But the big truth that I discovered is that not everyone I, – I used to believe that everybody inherently wants freedom. Everyone inherently wants independence and liberty from the shackles of the state. But that's not true. There are people out there that love collectivism, that love big government. And no matter what I do, I can convert some people – but there will still be some bleeding heart Bernie bros that want to bring on a communist revolution. And until more people understand that we live in a world full of people that will never agree with us, it's, you know, it's like battering ram syndrome. It's constantly <laughs> banging your head against the wall. And this is, and this is going to make me sound super establishment. So folks don't, don't misconstrue my words. I actually got the audiobook of Jeff Flake's book, a conscious of a conservative simply because I wanted to know what all the controversy was about. 
And it, it was, for the most part, it was a good book in the fact that it was a good book. I had many disagreements with Senator Flake, but he did bring up some things that, you know, when, when, you, when you listen to him talk about it, it's like, huh, that's a pretty good point. One of them is the fact that we un- need to understand that we live in a world of people that don't want freedom, that don't want liberty. Does that mean we concede their points? Is that no, not at all. We should fight them on the issues that are worth fighting. But until we act like adults, nev- nothing's ever going to happen. I think people constantly want to get into this mentality of win, 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 when sometimes the biggest victory is just understanding how the other person thinks and crafting your argument around that. When it comes to a lot of people that are in the leadership of the Libertarian Party, and I know I'm going to step on some toes here, so I definitely mean this, I think the party is run by mental midgets. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always, whenever somebody asks me for, you know, to kind of point them in the direction of Libertarian Party resources, and so, you know, not just philosophical books and that kind of thing, but as like an example uh, of what, at least in my mind, is is the way things should be ran, I always point them to Larry Sharp. Um, far and above everybody else that I've seen, other than some of the other ones who are kind of, in the party, kind of out of the party, that kind of thing. But Larry Sharp seems to be on point with everything that he does, you know, and obviously I'm not in his campaign right now, but I know I talk to people who are inside his campaign and I've talked to him in a couple different conversations before. And he, I think he understands how to market. And I think he understands how other people see the libertarian party initially, and then how to kind of meet them on their, their turf to make them feel a little bit more comfortable just to be able to introduce, because that's the, that's the thing libertarians don't understand. We, we need to first at least introduce the concepts and the ideas that we're talking about before we can start doing all the other stuff that they want. Um, people I deal with daily usually just want to bulldoze everything, uh, hit reset, you know, make the world in their own image type of thing. But that's just not the reality. I mean, look at, look at how, I, and I hate to say this, but look at how successful the Democrats at large have been uh, and moving the entire country to the left over the last few decades. I mean, it's there's a giant statue of Vladimir Lenin in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And there's no statue of Ayn Rand or Milton Friedman or Murray Rothbard or any of those people anywhere. I would not, if you would have asked me in my years in the military, if I would ever hear people legitimately saying and shouting, like, seize the means of production and doing all this, like, just textbook socialist and communist propaganda all over the Internet, I'd say, nah, we're probably 30, 40 years from that getting that far, you know. They're, they're going to stay underground for a long time. And yet, you look around, you see this college campus, you see people getting uh, reprimanded, not even for being actual extremists as far as, like, you know, right wing people going and vandalizing or being racist or anything, just wanting to speak and interact about ideas. They are just treated like lepers. I mean, worse than lepers. Like they're like the the second coming of literally Hitler. That's how they react. <laughs> we get so far so fast. And if you look, and I I've read through everything, you know, looking at different uh, aspects of the political scene over the last, you know, 50, 60 years. And man, this has been set in motion, you know, before I was even born. And it's just been inch by inch by inch. 
it's uh, you know what? I'm going to save my thought for after the commercial break. Folks, before I let you go for a quick pause in the show, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor this half hour. We live in an age where you have to get beyond the idea that a savings account will go ahead and return the investments that you want. Um, you know, I, I consider myself a pretty intelligent person. I can manage my own finances pretty well, but you know, I'm not a day trader. I'm not an investor. This is why I go to the place where I understand if I can go ahead and trade between regular currencies, such as the dollar, the yen, uh, et cetera, and I can go ahead and integrate it with trading that with cryptocurrency, whether it's Ethereum, Litecoin, Dash, Bitcoin, you name it, I understand that I can go ahead and diversify my portfolio, increase my gains, and go ahead and invest in different currencies when they're down, and then right as they're going up, go ahead and begin to switch it around. So that way, I'm on target, I'm making sure that I'm not making any losses, and I can go ahead and smart and invest smartly, if smartly is a word. Someone's probably going to get mad because I invented a new world, word. Well, I also invented awesomer, but people got mad about that. Go ahead and check out joinhelium.com. That's joinhelium.com. Get involved in the thing that's returning investment power back to the people. It's joinhelium.com. That's J-O-I-N-H-E-L. E-U-M dot com. I'm Remso Martinez. You're listening to the Remso Republic. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Join the Remso Republic on Patreon today. Today. Hey, that's really good. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remso Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Lynchburg is a city that embodies the spirit of service Virginia is known for. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I'm running to promote free enterprise, accountability, and trust in the Lynchburg City Council. Check out my website, billingsleyforlynchburg.com, and help us let Lynchburg lead the way. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I approve this message. Hello, my name is Alex Merced. And I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to alexmerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate you about liberty and more. I've also created learneconomicsnow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. libertarian101.com a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved, and how to move things forward. Intro to liberty.com where you can learn more about how to spread the message of liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp, and Michael Pickens. And don't forget libertarianpodcast.com where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. And thank you very much. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. Is them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> We break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. 
not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, we pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out preusspodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Folks, welcome back to the program. We're continuing our conversation from earlier. Before we left off, I, I had kind of a thought running through my head, and it, it was this. W- when it comes to advancing the ideas of liberty, we need to break down the concept of the party paradigm. On top of that, we need to break out of the left-right paradigm. And... I want to focus on just one big example, and when people ask, well, you know, if you hate the political process so much right now, why are you a Republican? Hopefully, this will be able to give you a little bit more of my insight on this matter. But, Mac, when the 2016 election was at its bloom moment, where you had so many different people running for office, and that finally began to dwindle down, at the end of the day, who do you think made a better impact for the cause of liberty, Rand Paul or Gary Johnson? You know, uh, the Libertarian Party in me would scream at the fact that Gary Johnson was even nominated again. Um, I think Rand Paul definitely had more impact in, in a positive way. I think Gary Johnson managed to snag more attention I don't necessarily think it was as, as constructive, though. Um, but I also think Rand could have done a little bit more. I was a little disappointed that he dropped out, but I do understand why, because strategically that was the smart thing to do. But I just, you know, the optimist in me was like, oh, just hang in there a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think constructive, uh, as far as leading in the right direction, I think Rand Paul was better by far. And... If Gary Johnson, let's say hypothetically, wanted to run for senator in New Mexico, but he did so as a Republican, would you be mad? No. I mean, I wasn't mad when Austin Peterson switched over. And um, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Keep going. Keep going. I've got a good thought, but I want you to continue. Well, because I, I, I've, I've seen the outrage, and I'm just thinking, dude, uh, you know, these people are getting upset. It's like, are you out there helping get petition signatures? No. You're, you're on your keyboard who actually care enough to really do something are out here busting our ass and there's not enough of us the libertarian party does not have enough uh skilled and trained people to do the work that needs to be done to fundraise and i mean select areas like if you look at larry sharp he's doing great but that is an exception by far the libertarian party is severely lacking so if you want to win especially a seat like that austin peterson made i mean the right choice hands down this is this is the thing that you, you brought up earlier before the commercial break. It's the idea that when you look at the Democratic Party, they've been so successful 
in dragging this country into a more progressive direction to the point where now socialism seems sexy and people actually want to call themselves a communist. They want to call themselves a socialist. We have very few people that have ever called themselves a libertarian elected to office. You know, there's Rand Paul, Amash, Massey, my former boss, Congressman Tom Garrett, Rand Paul. I mean, the list is so few. But it's the fact that unless we want to make a difference, we have to take over the Republican Party. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, that moment came and gone, you know, came and went. The hostile takeover strategy doesn't work. I, I don't buy it because we have Rand, the Trump whisperer. We have Ted Cruz still doing really good things. We have candidates across the, the, the whole country at the state, local, and federal level running for races who are good on libertarian principles. And I, I don't believe that that moment is dead in the GOP at all. And then to say the hostile takeover method doesn't work, why is it we no longer have any, um, any Scoop Jackson Democrats? Why is it we don't have any Kennedy Democrats left? It's because the progressives were willing to be patient. The progressives spent almost a century getting ready to take over, not just the Democratic Party, but you look back at the early 1900s, they also tried to take over the Republican Party. I just feel that when it comes to the long-term strategy, it, it comes down to this question. Do you think the Libertarian Party will remain a relevant force in American politics 20 years from now? I do, but not in the way people probably think. How so? Well, and there's a caveat to this because it's it's an if, a big if. Uh, if the party goes in the direction Larry Sharp wants and it realizes, it becomes self-aware that, hey, we need to play a game of go after the small ticket items first. Get the low-hanging fruit. Stop making uh, – stop focusing too much of our limited resources on Senate races and stuff like that that we know we're not going to win. The numbers just aren't there. And just stop picking off city councils and county supervisors because this will have a twofold impact. I, if it continues down, if, if, if the Libertarian Party continues what it's doing, it's just going to be stuck or go backwards. But if we can pick it up, we'll have two impacts. We won't necessarily become a major party, but we can start pushing the Republicans because they're going to have to realize that if they don't run Libertarian-leaning candidates, they're not going to pick up that middle ground Libertarian-independent vote. They're just not. Um, I mean, we've seen it in major elections where it's swung, you know, the margins were so thin that you could almost say, okay, well, third party definitely played a role. You know, I know people don't like to say that. but Oh, I've been accused of that. There was a race where I was a policy analyst for a libertarian running for House of Delegates here in Virginia, and the vote margin was so slim. The day before the election, people said, oh, the libertarian won't get any votes. I'm looking at my boss. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get some votes. And the very next day, they're saying, oh, if it weren't for the Libertarian, the Republican would have won. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's well, ridiculous. It's like, oh, you guys suck. No one's vote for you. Or, oh, you guys ruined the election. It's like, well, pick one. You know, um, I think the Libertarian Party, even if they continue being stupid, will continue to be a protest vote. You know, it'll be a decider in some races. Uh, but like I said, it, it's a big if. If they do the right thing, I think the Libertarian Party can at least, at the very least, push the Republican Party further to, down the libertarian path. 
Um, because right now, if, if everybody thinks in this two-party system paradigm, and, and I know it's hard to break that, um, but if they don't see any th- other ideas coming out, um, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot harder to get any of those ideas spread. You know, I, I think we do need some infiltration of at least the Republican Party. I mean, good luck if you want to go to the lion's den and try to get into the, de- the Democrats. Oh, it's not uh, even the lion's den. It's like a zombie apocalypse. It's Yeah, that that is actually, I like that a lot more. <laughs> Gracias. So, Mac, we're heading towards the bottom of the show, and I want to wrap things up smoothly, but I do have a two-part question. We've talked about this before when I was on your show, folks. I'll go ahead and link to that appearance in the show notes after you're done listening to this. You can go ahead and check me out on Mac's podcast, The Freedom Ninja. But what, you were a Republican for most of your life, and then you went to the LP. For folks that don't know that story, can you kind of rehash that for us real fast? Yeah, so to try to sum it up, basically I was just out of high school going back and forth trying to figure out how to define what my philosophy on politics and kind of life was. Uh, I'm in the military. Uh, the default kind of was Republican, and they, I agreed mostly with what they said they believed in. But, you know, growing up and watching, they just weren't doing what they said they were going to do, or they just flat out just ignored the principles that they supposedly espoused. So I campaigned for Ron Paul really hard. Uh, when I got out of the service, uh, I was at state at the state convention as a delegate to try to, you know, <laughs> do that whole coup thing. Uh, got really active. And then all of the, uh, a lot of the people kind of left. So the support ran out. And so getting elected as a precinct committeeman was that much harder. And it just became this onslaught. And basically, what at least in Arizona, what ended up happening is the the <laughs> the Romney train kind of just rolled over everybody after the election. And uh, they kind of just went back to their basement. So uh, I ended up jo- joining the Libertarian Party because I thought, all right, well, maybe we can start over. Maybe I can, you know, see what they're doing. Um, maybe I can add some... Because I had experience, you know, I, I did a lot during the campaign with Ron Paul and stuff. So I figured, hey, maybe that'll be valuable. Uh, and the area that I'm in now is actually big, big Trump country. Um, I don't know why exactly. because they want that wall, bitch. It's the wall. But it's also weird because they're super big. Like, you still see Ron Paul stickers everywhere out here. And I'm thinking, huh. How did, the, how did Barry Goldwater's stomping ground turn into the populist haven it's turned into today? Oh, no. Honestly, actually, you know what my theory is? Migration. Um, all of the crappy states like California and, and Oregon and Washington and stuff, uh, all, they're all fleeing. And they're coming here because we've got better tax rates and cheaper, uh, you know, a lower cost of living. And because I, I, I see that a lot. I see a lot of blue state license plates out here from re, uh, transplants. And it's just oh, like, my, no. My gosh, when I was in Sierra Vista back in July... I, I've never seen so many Michigan license plates. Oh, God. Yeah, a lot of Midwesterners, too, which is starting to become a lot more blue-collar uh, or blue-voting, uh, um, although they've, they've, they bounce a little bit back and forth with the blue-collar voters because you know, jobs are important. They don't care. But that's part. why we need to build a wall and make all the neighboring states build, pay for it. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm like, sorry. I cut you off. Oh no, that's fine. I mean, you know the area. It's it's big. It's big government all down in here. So like that's that's the money maker. So yeah, they don't care. They're like, yeah, more jobs, cool. 
I don't care if we're building a stupid space elevator. Tucson is building a spaceport with a stupid balloon. You know, like what the hell is a spaceport? It's there. It's a what was it? Worldview and Pima County is subsidizing it to the tune of like twenty million dollars or something too, and with like a lease buyback program if if the company goes under. It's it's just ridiculous. The Goldwater Institute sued, um, and I think they're still working on that, but. Basically, it's this company that's building a giant balloon that they hope to take people on rides up to the outer atmosphere and back. And it's like, are you serious right now? Like, <laughs> like, like I would pay, I would pay to do that. Like, why do we need the taxpayers to go ahead and subsidize that? Exactly. Well, it's like, why do people go to Disneyland for shit? I yeah. mean, why, why does anyone do anything? I went indoor skydiving. Only in America would someone think someone would want to skydive without the part of, you know, jumping out of an airplane. And you're telling it, me people wouldn't pay for a freaking space elevator? Well, and the, the, <laughs> the company saw it, too, is they haven't finished their design con, uh, designing of their, their craft yet. So they're Wait, still so doing... they don't even know what it's going to look like? Exactly. So the balloon they were testing exploded and blew up and, and broke a bunch of windows nearby in Tucson. And so, like, they're still going through these phases of testing and development, and and that's the main reason why, you know, the Pima County supervisors are like, yeah, sure, we'll throw a bunch of tax credits at you, you know, even though you haven't proven that anything that you say is going to actually work. Oh but yeah, I'm bored. If I can sell reasonable enough, or if I get rich enough, I can afford a ticket. Hell yeah, I'm getting on a big like, balloon. Like, like, that shit sounds fun. I mean, not the exploding part, but this is... And this is why we need libertarian solutions to go ahead and show that the free market can make this cheaper and more efficient and bring out more competition, which brings me to my last question, Mac. What would it take for you to become a turncoat like me and jump over to the GOP again? Oh, man, at this point, I'm caught in between like apathy and uh, anger. Like like I feel like I'm a guy in a van offering you candy late at night (laughs) if you get in the back. So I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to convert you, but like with me, when I left the LP and I was independent for a little while and then I came back to the GOP, like it was one of those experiences where I was like, folks, unless you have a very good reason for doing something like that, because you're going to lose friends, you're going to make some enemies and you're going to confuse some people. So I would never tell anyone to do that for my reasons. You have to have your own reasons. But what what would your reasons be if you ever decide to switch or just get out of the process altogether? Well, if I decide to switch, it'll mainly be because I see a good positive improvement towards a libertarian philosophy in the Republican Party. That that would be the big thing. Um, and then the Libertarian Party would have to be basically where it is right now, not going anywhere. Uh, the reason I stick around um, is mainly because I feel like if I don't do everything that I can – and exhaust basically push myself to the point where I'm like literally just want a divorce from the party. <laughs> then I kind of like I feel like I'm leaving something there. You know, I don't want to. I want to leave everything out on the field, so to speak. To use a sports analogy, like I don't want to have any stone unturned if I can help it. Um, but yeah, if if I see a major shift in the Republican Party heading down a more libertarian path, and not just more rhetoric, I mean like actual action, repealing a bunch of regulations, lowering taxes, and not just lowering taxes, I mean spending too, because you know we've got a, a decent, I, I would say is a decent tax bill right now. Um, it's not my favorite, but I like to see progress, and I'll take it. But they didn't really cut spending like at all. In fact, I think year over year they've still increased the spending. So. 
What, what do we add? Like seven trillion tomorrow for a few thousand dollars saved today? It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, your taxes are eventually going to have to go up because we're going to have to pay down all this crap we can't afford. Plus, uh, I don't know if you have older relatives that you'd speak to about Medicare and stuff. They 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 gave Social Security recipients a little bit of a bump and raise, but the Medicare Part B that you have to pay for that really is you really need to anyway if you're that you know you're older and you get health issues. Uh, the med- the Part B. Uh, premium went up by the exact same amount that they increased Social Security. So you're paying it right back <laughs> to the system anyway. So it's a it's a basically a zero sum thing. It's but like it, it's like that thing of Monopoly where you know you, you pass go collect two hundred, but you're gonna end up losing it like immediately. Yeah, it's like oh here's this two hundred dollar uh, transportation fee that you owe now. It's like great. Oh my gosh. Well, Mac, we went over time a little bit. We, you know, we can definitely go continue talking about this for hours. But, you know, when it comes to the state of and forget parties, we've been talking about parties this entire time. We want to talk about the ideas of disruption. There are people out there that are doing amazing things for the cause of freedom, whether it's in the field of activism, academia, whether they're living individual libertarian principles in their own life outside of everything else. When it comes to liberty going forward, regardless of what form it comes in, are you more optimistic or more pessimistic when it comes to the future of these principles? Oh man, it's tough. I'm I'm I want to say I'm more optimistic, but I'm kind of in the middle. I think what it I think what's going to end up happening over the long course of history is what happens every single time, and there's just going to be some there's going to be some upheaval. There's going to be some growing pains, and I think there's going to be a lot of divorcing, um, you know, geopolitically. And I think you're starting to see some of that already uh, in Europe more than the U.S. right now because we're kind of we kind of lost our backbone in the United States. I think a little bit. Um, Europeans will riot if their soccer team loses, so <laughs> I think they they've got a deeper tie, um, and we're so transient here. But I, I think. I, I see the optimism. I see a lot more, like all these podcasts popping up. You, you do a great job. Uh, I slack. I haven't produced anything in a long time. Um, Tom Woods, Austin Peterson, Larry Sharp, Ted Cruz. I, I see. I see hope. Um, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. I, I'm, I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of, of liberty. Hey. You listed some good reasons to look forward and remind us of the challenges we face today. But, Mac, got to let you go. If people want to check out the podcast, your website, and all that jazz, how could they do so? So right now, my Facebook profile got zucked, but the public page is still up on Facebook. It's The Freedom Ninja uh, on Facebook. Instagram, it's at The Freedom Ninja. And then the website is just thefreedom.ninja. Good stuff, good stuff. Mac, as always, thanks for coming on. Definitely got to get you back on the show in the future. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to go into a coughing fit. But before I go, understand that there is no one path to the final destination that is a pursuit of more freedom. Liberty rising. I don't care what team jersey you throw on yourself. I don't care what letter you put at the end of your name. I don't care how you cast your ballot in the last election. I don't care. What I care about is <coughs> not coughing more in the future. Now, seriously, what, what I care about is advancing this message, these principles, 
this idea of the pursuit of happiness. If you want to go 10 miles and I want to go 20, listen up, bud. I'll fight like hell to get those 10 miles with you. And then once we get to that 10th mile, we will deal with it then. But as Ronald Reagan once said, my 90% friend is not my 10% enemy. And if you believe in these principles, go ahead and help us out. Independent media lives and dies in seconds, and we live essentially off your support. Go ahead and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Republic For as little as $1 a month, you get access to premium content, awesome swag, exclusive episodes, and so much more. Just as little as $1 a month. If you want to give a one-time donation through either PayPal or if you want to be a super libertarian and pay in cryptocurrencies ranging from Dash, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin, go ahead and check out remsorepublic.com slash donate. As always, oh, and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes so we can go ahead and beat NPR like we did in season three. Um, <laughs> as always, I'm Remso W. Martinez, folks. Go, you know, go, go take care of your neighbor. Go be nice. Go treat yourself a bit. And see you in the next week, America. Good night. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting remsorepublic.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.